1: This is everything elite, the world's best podcast devoted exclusively to all elite wrestling and the elite extended universe. Notably, we are not the people behind the Elite Everything YouTube. (laughs) Don't go there. We're we are working on sending them a cease and desist right now. So just want everybody to know that this is AB, of course. Uh, joined, as always, by my good friend, Nate. What's up, Nate, a.k.a. Hello, hello motherfuckers!
2: <laughs> it's me. The famous tweet from Maki Ito. She said, hello, motherfuckers. Uh, just saw that Cody retweeted it, quote tweeted it, said, I want her to win. He is, of course, one of the savviest workers in the world. Going to buddy right up to her, seeing that she has all the initial buzz here. Um, what's up? I'm doing good. Uh, Mike, how do you feel about... Maki Ito, a woman with such a foul mouth, we know you don't like curses, and now Cody and the official AEW account are boosting her saying the big F word.
3: Hey, y'all, it's your old pal. Uh, I I am someone that, in general, it, it it's more of my cursing is the thing I'm trying to curtail. Other people's cursing, they can go right ahead as long as they're not saying slurs.
2: Fuck yeah.
3: Curse your heart, since I'm just trying to become a tv14 person in a tvma world
2: i guess that, i guess that's a, 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 a valiant and laudable exercise or attempt um, oh
3: i i'm going to fail on this effort <laughs> like there's no way that this is some it, it, it's something that i've noticed each time i've done a DGUSA show especially as i get into the back half that i just get so infuriated by what gabe's doing that i start cussing and then i immediately go like i trying not to cuss on air trying not to cuss on air so, yeah, really, there we go.
2: really the story of this podcast um, uh, Getting infuriated With what Gabe's doing Might cause uh, the people on this show to cuss But Tonight we have a show that was actually So good that we can cuss about it uh, It was Really damn good How about that
1: It was uh, Hecking good you might say
2: Gross that makes me feel icky <laughs>
1: Well, that's what I like to do here. Uh, if you want to see more curses, you can follow us on Twitter at everything aew. Uh, I'm at Aaron like the car. Nate's at Epitasis. Mike's at Fujiheya. You can subscribe to the podcast, please, on the app of your choice. Uh, just type in everything elite, not elite everything. It'll come right up. Uh, if you're using the Apple podcast app, give us a five-star rating and a review. Please tell your friends about the show. And if you want to support the show, the best way to do so is to head over to patreon.com slash everything elite uh, and subscribe. So we're going to, uh, what's the word I want to I want to use here? We're not going to podcast. do. Podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Talk. We're going to forego our normal opening. That's what I wanted. Uh, we're not going to do elite or delete, but I still wanted to say it like that. Uh, we're just going to get into the the big bad news stories of the day. And I think there is uh, no better place to start than the very end of AW's show on Wednesday night with Kenta, Lil' K himself, showing up to attack John Moxley. Uh, then afterwards, they announced that they're going to do Kenta and Mock. I'm sorry. He attacked. Okay, John yeah, Moxley. I fucked that up. Yep. Mox,
2: Jack, <laughs> ah! John, Mox. Okay. They're going to do Kenza Penta and Omega, and Omega versus Lance Archer and John Mox.
1: That's right. Thank you. Um, that's see. That's why you do podcasts with your with your friends. They can back you up when uh, when you fuck up. So yeah, that's what they're going to do. All that's happening. Let us discuss our thoughts on the opening of the Forbidden Door.
2: Yeah. So I tweeted uh, from our account, all caps. Uh, it's been an all caps couple of days here. Wrestling is back. Uh, and that was mostly because this was the kind of anything can happen feeling that you only get from wrestling every so often. Um, and you know, has been harder to attain in the time since, um, you know, the pandemic and going back even further since, you know, WWE largely just trots out the same guys over and over again. And it, it's all kind of, um, you know, become meaningless. They do their, their big Legends Night, and it's like, okay, yeah, here's all the Legends that you see on a yearly basis. Who cares anymore? Uh, this was like an actual shift in the pro wrestling landscape that a New Japan superstar <laughs> uh, appeared on AEW Dynamite, attacked the guy, hit him with a pretty soft-looking go-to-sleep. Uh, John Moxley took one of the worst bumps in his life, I think, but uh, didn't really matter because Crowd was freaking out. Viewers were freaking out. Wrestlers were freaking out. Uh, Just the kind of thing you don't get from a lot of other mediums where it's like, oh, we have a genuine shoot relationship between these two companies that has been frosty. And you're going to watch the actual uh, defrosting of that on television as part of this simulated combat story. Uh, It's just fucking exciting shit.
3: It's something that now that it's happened, I, I'm i breaking my rule about not caring and, and not talking about it just because I felt like that fan booking and that just gets kind of rote and tiresome. But it's a very interesting way to start this relationship. We should have had a better sense of this, the fact that John Moxley was on the Wrestle Kingdom, I forget which night, but doing a video package from the LA Dojo. That should have been the indication that things were up and... Now we know that he will be on strong defending the u the IWGP U.S. champion, referred to as such for the first time in probably nine months. I feel like I- if I feel like it's been a long time since they've actually used uh, acknowledged him as the IWGP U.S. champion, and it's interesting, especially when we talk about our Charlie Kelly uh, rope. Uh, rope uh, message board thing where we try to kind of figure out conspiracy
2: all the... chart with string and yeah
3: yes 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 the, uh, right this episode Nate's doing the humans work I'm, making I'm, sure that both. yeah
2: I'm doing my experience translation services
3: yes thank you thank you uh, but now we have like this interesting consideration now that for the first time arguably since the downfall of WCW I and this is probably gonna be something that I think that uh, it's unpopular All Elite Wrestling is the dominant partner in a relationship with New Japan New Japan will have more exposure from Kenta popping up on on AEW Dynamite than they ever will on the Roku station than they ever did with Access and it'll be interesting to see where this relationship kind of forms and changes because the New Japan Access, you probably have at least one promotion that's probably not super happy that they're working with AEW, if not two. So it's going to be interesting. I, I It's going to be something to see how they kind of massage this relationship because uh, I'm of the opinion that other than, like, cool matchups and, like, copyrights and things like this, AEW really – is the dominant partner. I mean, they should be trying to find a way, to, like using it for talent exchanges, getting people experience and seeing where this path goes. I mean, just the fact that Kenta showed up was exciting. And if that's it, and they co-promote this uh, new Japan strong episode based off of that, that's cool. But it'll be interesting to see where the path goes from here and how that affects the rest of the wrestling landscape.
1: Yeah. I think the most interesting thing is what all AW gets out of this. I mean, they're, they got, they're going to get a bump for next week, I would assume people are although I don't know Hell, how many times we said on the show, anybody who cares about this already watches AW. So maybe they're not going to get a bump at all. Uh, But it adds, we talked about this with impact, who really gives a shit about impact, but it gives the idea that like things are happening. This is the hot place to be. And adding Kenta onto that just makes that even more so you know, it makes it uh, it's true. It's not just impact, and here's the Good Brothers, which has been a cool add to the show. But it's like, not only is there the possibility of some sort of relationship with New Japan, here it is now. That is also going to make things much more annoying. The discourse is going to get much much worse around like what else could happen between uh, AEW and New Japan. Uh, you know, I've been thinking a lot about Rick Pitino today, so I'll say Kazuchika Okada is not walking through that door. I don't. I don't think that's. I literally through that door. I don't think that's happening, uh, but it's exciting. Uh, it's, it's a metaphorical it's, door. It is. It's fun. <laughs> I I mean, I gasped uh, when I when it was Kenta. I I'm not smart enough to have recognized the logos. I didn't mean anything to me. Uh, so when he ripped the mask off, I was like, "Holy shit, Kenta is actually here!" So uh, it's exciting. It's fun. I can't imagine not enjoying it. Yeah,
2: and I'm... um, sorry, go in Mike.
3: Oh, I was going to say I'm surprised that Aaron was not familiar with the reversal brand and is up on his JMMa. I mean, come on. Like as soon as you saw the reversal logo, it was, it was a little okay. Like I, I'm a weeb. Do you not, but not watch that Ryzen? Kind. I'm not that kind of weeb. Yeah. No. Do you not watch Rising or Heroes or no. no. I'm trying to think of what the other uh jewels. I, I I've just ran through all the uh, various JMMA promotions I know.
1: I don't I don't watch any MMA at all. So in terms of
2: what uh, you know, Tony might get out of it of, of basically, you know, allowing John Moxley to go to the strong studio, tape a promo, tape an angle, tape a match, uh, all of which, you know, he did not have any legal obligation to do because it, you know, uh, stands to reason that he has the exclusive rights to uh, book John Moxley uh, in the United States of America. Um, well, we're getting a Kenta match because that's been announced. Like we said, Omega and Kenta versus Moxley and Archer. Uh, Funny that, you know, all four of those people are, you know, late of New Japan. So it's people that probably the New Japan office was comfortable putting Kenta in there with like, oh, yeah, no, we're fine with Lance Archer. That's no problem. Um, And, you know, uh, I think the Super J-Cast said something to this effect, which is that, uh, you know, Tony Khan might have done this just because he's like a wrestling fan and he would find it exciting. And we know he's an old school Ring of Honor fan. He's probably an old school Kenta fan. Uh, So, Doing you know some kind of invasion on his television uh, is just exciting from that perspective. It's the same thing that Kenny Omega said when he did the uh, Wrestling Observer interview, talking about you know we think there is value in not just doing stuff to appeal to the casual fans, like having a, having Shack in an angle or in a, in a match on your show, but we think that there is value and you can grow the product by really exciting your core fans, and that's exactly who this is targeted to, like the Impact thing, like you said.
3: And it's something where, like, and promoting your hardcore fans makes a lot of more sense because other than, like, awareness and maybe just watching that angle for Shaq and Cody, who's to say that that's going to deliver any sort of affinity towards AEW? You might just be—there were so many people who bought that big show versus uh, uh, Floyd Mayweather, uh, uh, WrestleMania, and never came back. So it's smart tapping into this, and then it's also something that it's in New Japan's interest to get in good with AEW, and this was always felt like an inevitability, I would have said, because for their New Japan of America things, they need to be able to have some people to go out to those shows when those eventually happen. When you look at how those shows were built up in the Southeast last year, it was Real bad. It was real bad, and especially when you like look at something about the fact that Madison Square Garden. I think that that they still really want to get back there and and be able to do a co promotion there. I think that that's now more of a natural fit, and I feel like that there's some synergies there that can play into it. That it it made sense. It was just was something for, for such a long time. It just was noxious discourse, Now it's just like it's not interesting to talk about this right now until we actually have stuff to talk about. And now, I mean, the world is open, and there's a lot of ways that this can go.
2: Yeah, and I do think you're you're right about AEW being the dominant partner in the relationship, um, especially as it concerns, you know, promoting in the U.S., because, uh, you know, we've discussed AEW kind of ate New Japan America's lunch, because, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, we've got these big Western stars, Kenny Omega and, and Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks, and we're gonna try and, you know, start a regular touring promotion here, and then, you know, they went and started their own promotion, basically, and pissed everybody off, uh, but you know, New Japan was never gonna do uh weekly live, uh major broadcast major cable television station American Pro Wrestling. So, you know, it's kinda like what was the real what was the real missed opportunity there. Uh but yeah, and then they certainly have the dominant position, like I said, in terms of John Moxley contract status. And John Moxley is the piece that New Japan really wanted here because he has their title and they want to use him because he's a big star. So uh yeah, that totally all fits. Um I do, you know. Kenny and Kota Bushi are cryptically tweeting weird things about kingdoms at each other. Uh, You know, so that's that's a big that's a big match you can do for big money in both countries on both continents. So why not?
1: I do want to pour a little bit of cold water on this whole deal. Um, Yeah, yeah. yeah, (laughs) Let's get (laughs) people angry. Let's go. (laughs) Uh, Here, here's why. It struck me during this episode that looking back, all the times when I get really excited about AEW, it's because they bring out this new big idea that they have. But the follow-up almost always sucks. (laughs) The execution is really bad. It's like, it's very relatable in that I love to come up with ideas, but I'm really bad at following through on them. Uh, But I think Tony Khan might have a similar problem. I think about the Shaq and Cody thing, right? That was like, oh, this is interesting. You did this whole... Deal with Jade coming out and she references Shaq and then they just like a big wet fart of like uh of Shaq's first appearance on the show. Big uh, who care. Yeah, big who care. It was bad. Uh you think about okay, we got this idea for we're gonna have Sting come in and he's gonna be teamed with Darby. And then it's like, fuck, what do we do for the next five weeks? I don't know. Let's just every what if every week we bring them out to the ring and they say something similar and then Taz interrupts them and he says something similar. Would that be cool? So I'm a little concerned uh, about where it might go and if it'll actually pay off for the excitement that I have. Uh, so I just wanted to dash that little bit yeah, of yeah. I do. Uh,
2: I do agree with you, but I kind of enjoy wrestling more from a perspective of looking forward of what could happen and what direction that they're building into than I often enjoy uh, the actual delivery of that promise. I guess maybe that's just because. You know, I've been watching a lot of, you know, most of the wrestling I've watched in my life has been bad. Um, but yeah, I, I just, you know, for a television show, especially, maybe this is a different calculus when you're talking about a, a pay-per-view or a live event for a television show, having the big cliffhanger at the end where you go, Oh, holy shit. I got to tune in next week. That's more exciting to me than like, if they had just had the really good main event that they had, Um, you know, so that's, I I, I guess I'm not really disagreeing with you. Just I kind of don't care yet.
3: And and it's something where I think having a a arched eyebrow and skepticism is fitting for this because we have now the back history that Aaron said about how they follow up what feels like to be hot angles. I mean, how many weeks in a row did we have elite versus inner circle brawls that kind of petered off? And then we had stadium stampede. So it's something where I think that when we talk about goodwill, it goes both ways. You can have negative goodwill. Like, that's an intangible asset. You, you, I, I've been reading the WWE 10K uh, annual report today and discovering about their mind-clearing things. But it, it's something where I think that as soon as people get their expectations kind of measured by this, I think that then you're able to talk about, like, how do we grow from – This I mean, like you look at someone like just for example, who knows what uh, Shota Umino has done pretty much over the last 13 months? Like he showed up and he showed up in the UK, then COVID happened. And you just like look up that and he never appeared like in the L.A. Dojo and things like this. So there's a lot of ways that could be relatively lower stakes ways that they could build up this relationship that I'm actually more interested in, to be honest, than I am about having... Russell dynasty. Isn't that what that show is going to be called? Russell dynasty, yes. Russell dynasty, Kenny versus Kota, Bushi and Madison Square Garden. Like that's more interesting to me. Cause I like to see what comes out of that personally.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, I, I, I don't know that a lot of people in our, uh, our, our little sphere would even disagree with that. I, you know, it doesn't have to be, nope. Nobody's excited about this relationship cause they want to see, um, I picked on Togi Makabe last week. So, um, uh, 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 uh tomohiro ishii on dynamite every week like that's not not going to happen people shouldn't want that to happen like AEW <laughs> has enough talent that they can't get on dynamite uh you know for months at a time or whatever but you know having a show to amino be able to go out and get reps on dark is like pretty interesting or like being able to say uh hey you know we've got these top flight kids who are really good, but you know, very young. So they just don't have a ton of reps. Let's go put them in the junior tag league and they can be off television for a while and just go, you know, work in front of some different crowds. Like that's much more interesting. And like, even if you're like a, you know, one of these new Japan purists, like kind of hard to object to like, Oh, there's always going to be guest teams in the tag league anyway. Like why not have it be somebody that, you know, you'll be able to keep an eye on going forward throughout their career.
3: And, to like use this almost as like a bridge into talking about the other big thing there, something that's going to be considered at least for the near future, probably into 2022 is the fact that if let's say you, you brought Tomohiro Ishii. If Tomohiro Ishii was going to show up at revolution, he has to leave Japan, do 14 days of quarantine, then do whatever, then do revolution, then fly back, fly from Jacksonville back to Japan and do another 14 days of quarantine. So you're talking about losing a month to do this. So like this is, at least we're in a scenario now where you're going to want to like foster something that someone's going to do these kind of, like having like people appear on shows is going to be kind of hard because of just the logistics behind it. But having people, like you said, Top Flight go work the Super Junior Tag League or having Shota Amino you know, live in Jacksonville and do all the tapings, that seems a lot more rational. And I think that's something that... When we like look at this and we also look at the Women's Eliminator Tournament, that that's something to keep in mind as well.
2: I really like the idea of uh, Cody and QT building a little dorm on the side of the Nightmare Factory for Shoto Amino to live in. It's very amusing to me. The Nightmare Dorm.
0: <laughs> in the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. Off again, that's arena club.com/slash VOW net, arena club.com/slash VOW net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network.
1: Uh, that, that does take us over to the other big news, big exciting news from this week's episode. The other thing that made me just uh, make a dumb noise when it happened. Uh, the the both brackets, I guess, were actually announced for the Women's Eliminator Tournament. Obviously, the Japanese side has gotten a lot more interest, uh, at least uh, in, in our little part of the world. I'm not sure if that's true everywhere. But yeah, so we're going to get uh, two brackets, a U.S. bracket, a Japanese bracket. The Japanese bracket will take place in Japan. No news on how that will air or where it will air. I think it's safe to assume it's going to be probably a YouTube property more than like being on Dynamite, but I don't know. Uh, But all we know is that those two brackets are going to happen. The winners will match up in America, is is my understanding. So I'm not exactly sure how that will work. Uh, And you'll get a shot at uh, Hikaru Shida for for winning the title. Uh, Hikaru Shida, for some reason, is in Japan now, uh, having to do with this tournament. Well, She's coordinating it. it and producing it. Perhaps so. That's uh, well, she, scouting. She said she's
2: working on it. She said, I'm in Japan working on the tournament. So that's the, I'm taking her at her word.
1: Sure. Uh, so yeah, she is in Japan. That's what's going to happen. Here are the brackets the U.S. side Serena Deeb, Riho, Britt Baker, Ty Conti, uh, Thunder Rosa, Nyla Rose, Anna Jay, and Layla Hirsch. A, a damn good bracket on its own.
2: Yeah, uh, really? The- all those women are. Uh... all those women are good wrestlers I I guess the one omission the Golden Globe snub uh, would be Big Swole not sure if she's just not uh, you know if she's got a health situation or whatever Um, but that would be I think the the big AEW pushed woman's talent that is not in there
1: I think I'd put all these I mean I'm not a deep head like everybody else I don't think but I think other than her I would probably put all these people above Big Swole Uh, probably
3: Layla is well, the person, but yeah. like that would probably be between the two.
2: I mean, I think Big Spool is probably a better worker than some of those women. Just some of them are more green than she is. Um, but yeah, in terms certainly in terms of how much focus they've gotten on television recently, you know, Layla's had the one dynamite match where she was a, uh, you know, basically there a job to Penelope, and so yeah, she's probably bottom of the totem pole.
1: But the uh, the exciting thing for because it includes a bunch of people. Uh, either that we haven't seen in a long time or that we've never seen in AEW. The Japanese side of the bracket, Aja Kong, Sakazaki, Veni, or the uh, better known as Japan's Asuka, Emi Sakura, Ryo Mizunami, Mei Suruga, Rin Katakura, and Maki Ito. So a, a stacked bracket. I think a lot of kind of what we at least wish casted might happen, but still pretty surprising. And I think uh, Asuka slash Vinny being the most surprising uh, addition here.
2: Yeah, really good lineup. Um, You know, I kind of, Makihito, I kind of assumed was going to happen. Yuka Sakazaki, I think we probably assumed was going to happen. Yeah, I think very cool to see Aja Kong and Ryo Mizunami come back. They're, of course, on double or nothing, and then pretty much have not been... Uh, seen in AEW since, except for uh, <laughs> Aja Kong's one walkout appearance that she did fly from Japan to do on Fight for the Fallen. Uh, <laughs> the the thing that really popped me, I think, was uh, the Apple Girl Mase Ruga, just because she's you know we've we've watched some of the uh, Choco Pro Gato Move content and TJPW content. Uh, wait, and she's done that promotion. Um, and, and discussed it on the Patreon and you know she's obviously like a, a super talent waiting to break out so her getting involved there was exciting um and you know she's also they they do a live stream of like her and Sakura and uh Balianaki uh like on a weekly basis watching AEW so just very fun and like you get invested in uh, oh yeah I'm pursuing my dream of being a pro wrestler and here's me reacting to getting a huge booking in you know a large american pro wrestling company
3: it's just really cool and it's something like when they tape or when they air the japanese side of the bracket it's going to be really kind of cool just because you have eight very different wrestlers in there too and with different skill levels and different styles and of course like different levels of experience so it's really just like a compelling block here and then you like look at how this is going to go logistically like when they first announced this i speculated that before like the thing came out that they were going to have to tape all this in japan like there's no way you're going to be doing live from japan to either uh, dark or to dynamite and it appears that they've done so that that these, these matches are in the can and then you get into the fact of unless you have someone like i guess uh Really, unless you have like something like Rio over there, like you're you're pretty much gonna have a some level of potentially a first time matchup in the finals. And whomever comes out of the Japanese block. I mean, as I said earlier about how these how it works with travel and quarantine and like this, they might be getting a, a good solid run on TV, which would be really kinda cool to see. Like who's to say if like Makito is the one who wins the or wins the Japanese block, and she comes to the states for the final, and then you get, and then since she's going to be over here, and it's just not going to be worth it to have someone over there just for one match and fly back given COVID now. See, see, like Maki Ito on TV, like I think that that's really exciting. Having Aja Kong back was really interesting. The the person that I'm like looking at out of this block that I think is probably the the person that I expect to win it is Yuka Sakazaki though, but it's interesting stuff i i'm really stoked about this
2: yeah i would also lean yuka sakazaki mostly because if i had to guess probably not super easy for them to secure a new visa to bring over like a maki ito at this point in time so i'm guessing the winner would be somebody that's already been in the states for aew so that leaves you know yuka or aja or uh, emi sakura so yeah I, i would lean yuka as well how about you aaron
1: Well, I was thinking about that very issue, Nate, and I am not uh, an immigration expert, but I believe all of, uh, I believe Maki and Asuka both would have gotten visas because they were supposed to be in New York last year, or Um, in Orlando, rather. Tampa. Tampa, Tampa. wherever the hell they were going to be. They were supposed (laughs) to be there. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Actually, Maki was in New York. So she probably has a visa. I don't know. You know, I know that there's sometimes it's tied to the person you're doing work for. So perhaps that is a complicating factor. Uh, Um,
3: But to my knowledge, not so much because of there is someone that was on this very program or in a promotion that was in this very program that was on a visa done by another group, but they never worked for the other group other than the reason they got the visa.
1: That's, that's true. So I that, don't want
3: to blow up their spot. I don't yeah. want to blow up this, this visa no, loophole.
1: That's, that's fair. But it seems to me that everybody here, except May Suruga or, uh, Rin Katakura has either been in America in the last few years or was scheduled to be in America. Hmm. Uh, pre-COVID. So I would expect that any other than those two have, have visas.
2: Yeah, you may be right. I don't, like you said, I don't know. I did take a a course on this, uh, but I I didn't learn anything in it. I just, you know, passed it.
1: Um, The only thing I learned was that it takes like 20 years to, to like get a actually get into the U S legally. Yeah.
2: To, to get like the, to win the lottery, basically, you know, essentially impossible to do. Yeah. Um, Yeah.
3: Uh, There's only one wrestler that people know of has won the green card lottery. Oh yeah, uh, Claudio, Claudio Castagnoli's Cesaro. Huh, no kidding. Huh. Yeah, he he won the green card lottery, and that's why he ended up in Chikara.
1: It just always made me with people. You used to be like, get in the back of the line. I'd be like, you motherfuckers don't know how long this line is. Yeah, the line line is essentially doesn't
2: exist. It's right. a, a maze. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. If, you know, the, I I I have reason to believe you can add additional employers into an already existing visa. I also don't know what kind of period those visas were on or right. or that the people right. that were booking these people got the proper visas in the first place. So
1: Yes, yeah. also true. But yeah, Yuka Sakazaki makes uh, a boatload of sense that so she's been here for AW. They clearly were behind her when she was able to come over. Uh, I don't know that this plays any role into it, but she recently lost the TJPW Princess of Princess title. So she could disappear for a month maybe? And hang out in the States and do a couple of dynamites. Uh, So, yeah, I think, I mean, when it was first announced, we all assumed Riho would win the Japanese side and they bring her back. Uh, But she's in the U.S. and is clearly on the on the U.S. side of the bracket. So Uh, I was going to ask, is there a chance that Riho won the
3: American block and they already had her do the match in Japan? Because that's something that I want.
2: That would have been a good fixed oh. I think uh, the 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 marvelous Twitter account did say that the winner of the Japanese block will go to the U.S. to face the winner of the American block. So well, there we go. That's Hikaru Shida retweeted that. So I'm I'm taking her retweet to be an endorsement of Marvelous, that's women's pro wrestling, uh, being correct on that point. Um, but that you know the, that hasn't been confirmed by AEW or anything.
1: You know, another thing I could see them doing is running back Riho versus Emi Sakura as a final the other worked together before
2: the other thing uh Aja Kong made a tweet about wanting to see nyla rose uh and of course hikaru shida and Aja Kong had like a, a famously good match relatively recently probably Aja Kong's best match in her last you know last few years of her career so that would also be an appropriate final if they wanted to run that match back and be like hey let's fucking do this kick-ass Aja Kong match again
1: the the really interesting thing to me as uh, a Joshi fan is going to be what the matchups are going to be in, on the Japanese side. Like You would assume it's going to be interpromotional, right? Like Yuka versus Maki, uh, Mei versus Amy, Rin Katakura versus Mizunami because they both work marvelous, uh, Veni versus Aja because they're both freelancers. So that would make the most sense uh, logistically, but it'll be way more fun if they mix up things and do some matchups that that none of us have ever seen before. So that would be cool. Give us
3: Aja Kong versus Amei Saruga. That's the match that needs to happen here. That
1: would be cool. I'm here for that. Um, I would like to see Asuka versus Yuka Sakazaki. I would love to. Or versus May. That would also be fun. Asuka versus, I don't know, I guess I should call her Vanny so I can get in the, in the mode of doing this. But yeah, versus one of those people would be a lot of fun.
2: Yeah, a lot of... Uh a lot of potentially exciting matchups and just part of what made this show like uh, such a joy to watch, I think was getting this announcement like fresh on the, or, or, or in close proximity to like the, Oh, Shaquille O'Neal is going to wrestle on dynamite stuff. Like you really got just everything you could want for as far as like a buffet of pro wrestling. You got kick-ass matches on this show. You got kick-ass talent am- announcements. You got a big celebrity involvement angle that, you know, the kind of thing that would typically only happen on a WrestleMania or whatever, uh, and then you got, like, a, a genuine, shocking, you know, landscape-shifting angle at the end. Uh, just, a, I think, an all-time episode of Dynamite, if not the best one ever.
1: All right. Uh, since we didn't play Elite or D-Lead, I still want to throw in the listener ones. And this will uh, drive us into, I think, the the other big event from the show. Uh, so, the the listener Elite. I should have asked this person how they pronounce this name. I don't know. V-O-G-T-U-J vogtage 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 we're going vogtage uh so listener vogtage uh their elite pick miro attacking the box knowing that it was a trap was pretty great uh and uh listener drew uh definitely not mike's brother again for sure wow uh his delete wedding angle a big fat fucking who care? AW has too many lateral ass feuds," he says. "The wedding was especially egregious because it's been the whole focal point for Miro in the company so far, and everyone sort of came off like geeks. Then the whole episode, everyone's talking about how wild wrestling weddings get, which really just made their failure to deliver more obvious. So a lot of uh, different takes on the wedding.
2: Really, you got you got uh, called out for the nepotism last week, selecting a lead or delete by Drew Spears, Uh, and then you just I don't select these. You doubled down. I'm, I'm talking to Aaron doubled down on it in in spite of that criticism you heard what the people were saying you uh uh, observed this uh uh (laughs) uh complaint (laughs) and you just said no the the people are wrong i'm right
1: yeah i mean the the best way to deal with criticism i think is to ignore it and and lean right into what you were already doing so that's what i've decided to do here uh, that's also, uh hey
2: that's that's how the young bucks became hall of fame tag team <laughs> <laughs> uh
1: but i also thought drew did the best job uh well, i don't well i don't want to say that i don't want to make our uh, our listeners mad who also gave their thoughts on the on the wedding but i just thought he did a good job of laying out the negative side of of the wedding you know, i think i talked last week about how miro had said on talk jericho like oh you know we have this big plan for the best man you know it's going to be great it's a perfect way for me to come into AEW uh so so I I think this segment kind of had two two things where one it was cool that they tried to uh you know take the piss out of like all the tropes of wrestling weddings like that was fun but on the other hand it ends up as like Oh man, this is so. This is just going to lead to what a, a tag match with Miro and Kip versus Chuck and Orange Cassidy. It's like we we were already there, so it's kind of a bummer of how it ends up.
2: Yeah, I I, I did not really mind it at all. Uh, I, I really mostly enjoyed it for Miro acting like a superstar and subverting all those uh, wrestling tropes and be like, nope, I'm I'm a step ahead of you. I'm actually not a big dumbass. I'm gonna, uh, you know, I'm gonna attack the box like Fog Tudge said. Uh, and I'm going to, I'm going to not let the priest throw to anybody to interrupt it or whatever, the sinister minister rather. Um, I just think probably you kind of just needed something a little bit bigger uh, as like the coup de grace here. Cause it is, it is an angle you've been building since literally Miro showed up to be the best man in this segment is why he's here on the company uh, ostensibly. Uh, and like they, they just they didn't even get enough cake on Penelope's face. Like sh- the cake should have exploded or something. Uh, you you kind of just needed, I think, a little bit more of a of a spectacle to make it fully land.
3: But I still I, I enjoyed it for the most part. I felt like the issue with like these beats that try to hit like first Chuck saying like oh this presents for me, then it takes. Miro, uh, way too long to open it and like to throw the paper like this. And then the setup for him getting handcuffed to the bottom rope while they uh, mildly get Penelope into the cake and beat up Kip. It just made it drag on. And it seemed like that there were time cues and things like this that if it was tightened up, if we didn't have Miro start doing Hadaway during this, I feel like that this would have come across like, okay, this is a wrestling wedding. Miro was ahead of everything, but he did not check the cake. But it's just like this is it's all of this built to something that, that we were already at like how a B said like we don't really have anything that Charles that Charles Taylor did as the butler other than sa- being forced to say that Miro was his best friend we there was like no like the, the, there was opportunities for like having backstage or like we got this tape in from the best man Miro about how Chuck Taylor' has been as a butler we didn't get any of that like, it felt like that it was very much like, oh, we've been promising this. Well, here's how we get we're getting we getting to this, and we're going to be at the exact same place that we were before this all even started.
2: Yeah, a the, the little bit of a missed opportunity that they didn't hit us with some more uh, the Butler-Charles Taylor segments.
1: All right. Well, we'll get into the rest of the show in a minute, but first let's talk about uh, the ratings for this week. AW uh, jumps back up to 844,000 viewers up uh, from 734 last week. Third in the demo, just below NBA with a 0.32. Uh, good demo number for them. NXT, uh, I mean, folks, they got their asses kicked. Uh, they went down from 720 to 610,000. 51st in the demo, fell off the chart from 24th, uh, 0.15. So
3: I'm going to list two dates for a second. First one, we have the rating from this week, where they had an eight-minute overrun, which is partly a ploy to boost up your average uh, rating share. Where Edge was announced, the Russell, the Royal Rumble winner, Edge, I think he's technically a WWE Hall of Famer, was announced 24 hours ahead of time, and we and we had they brought him in there. They had a big face-off there, which apparently didn't do anything, by the way. And they had the exact same rating that they had the day. Of impeachment, they try to do all of this just to get the exact same uh, rating and demo as the impeachment. So tap out, tap out like that. That that's as a big of an indictment on their attempt of blocking AEW by putting NXT on Wednesday nights as anything. Just fast forward to when NHL is going to put hockey on USA and NXT has to go to like Thursday or anywhere else because. That's bad. Uh, the two things that beat AEW were the challenge in the NBA. And nothing else was really interesting other than the uh, finale of The Real Housewives with Salt Lake City did trash. I was about to cuss there, but Nate, <laughs> uh, I, I, I thought about the conversation we had anywhere. I was going to call it dog poop, but uh, it was utter trash. <laughs> like, it finished, like, 35th. So, that's Mike's ratings report, and I didn't cuss.
2: I will. So, AEW now can just beat – here's the, like – by, by, I, I called Jericho out because he was, uh, you know, supporting the Trump administration and actively hurting his own promotions ratings. Uh, and now you see the other side of it. When Trump is not there to create all this news, AEW can be third in the demo and beat out all the news programs. And they're not losing to Tucker Carlson and Hannity and all this shit. So, yeah, there you go. It's in your own self interest, Chris Jericho. I mean, <laughs> it was, it was in the first place because you're giving him $40,000 like a mark. Uh, but yeah, even more so now.
1: I guess thank you, President Biden, is what we're saying.
2: Yeah, uh doing a great job. Currently f- trying to fuck us over out of our uh <laughs> free pandemic money. Um, so, Can you believe yeah. we're gonna
1: lose that money? I'm so pissed off.
2: Um, I, I as soon as it's confirmed that we're not getting it, I'm gonna say that the 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 stop the steal coup should have succeeded. We should have yeah. just let them do it because yeah, the you know Democrats aren't gonna do anything for us anyway.
1: We would have gotten more money at least, probably. <laughs> hard to say (laughs) kind of hard to say arguable arguable i don't know i feel like i mean well i don't want to get into this (laughs) (laughs) yeah but i'm i am rolling away from this conversation before we
3: get any deeper
1: i'm just saying that the government should give us all free money regularly that's what i'm saying that's all simple okay uh it's not like they promised it to us or anything right exactly Sound like there's a fucking five-minute supercut I see going around Twitter of like, $2,000 checks out the door immediately. It's not like that. It
3: was the thing that they campaigned on in special elections in Georgia to make sure that they were able to get a 50-50 split in the Senate, of which they did not do away with the filibuster when they had the opportunity to. See
1: that's why I'm so mad. I fucking hate John Ossoff. I think he's one of the worst people that's ever existed in human history. <laughs> and the fact that I had to root for him to be a fucking United States senator, this McKinsey ass, thirty-one year old or whatever, it's like it really irritates me because I'm not even getting two grand out of it. Right,
2: you'd be happy to do it for two grand.
3: Yes,
1: I will. I'll sell my soul for two grand. Are you kidding me?
3: How how many uh, McKinsey people would you want to have in Congress for? Uh, for like $10,000. If I get two grand a month, then
1: any any of them, a hundred.
2: Hey, what was John Ossoff doing in 2017? Because that's the only time I've tweeted about him.
1: Uh, Documentarian. Tweeting, mostly. Yeah, tweeting, uh,
3: following uh, various dead meme accounts.
1: He was very clearly a CIA agent. Uh, I won't hear otherwise. He Uh, was making documentaries in like the fucking, I I forget where he was now, but it's like something that's like obvious. Um, oh,
3: it, it, it's both him and Mayor Pete. Like, we, don't get me started, Mayor Pete.
1: We, we talked about this on Light one day. But I got
3: in trouble for my Mayor Pete belief. I me mean, calling him pro- potentially a war tourist.
1: Oh, he he is an absolute operator. There's no doubt about it. I won't hear otherwise. Uh, but boy, we're choosing to talk about this on probably the biggest <laughs> AEW news day in at least twelve months. Yeah, we'll probably get a lot. We'll probably get a lot of new listeners, and we're talking about how Mayor Pete is an op. <laughs> all right good point you're right i'll stop now okay no no i mean i have a lot more we could get into some conspiracy <laughs> here i got bbc
2: some... investigation about isis war crimes and death squads in east africa
1: okay let me tell you something about that Uh, Yeah, because I went down a wormhole on that. That documentary has never surfaced.
3: (laughs) Do you remember me talking Mm. about like how you get money from foreign film film companies? Yes. No, this is straight up like CIA dark money. This is being used to launder probably drug money, I would say. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just I'm sure I I said if you want to go down conspiracy hole, Aaron, I will go down there first. I'll be waving the flag as we're going down into hell.
1: I love it. that's a, that's a curse mike
3: hell no that's a literal <laughs> location
1: hell hell hell's a curse Lo- for sure
3: nate, hell nate, is not a curse
1: nate did i felt like i cut you off on something you
2: wouldn't No, say about i, I had nothing better. else i was gonna wade into uh muddy waters <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay uh so here's the other stuff we haven't talked about from the show yet it kicked off with the tag team battle royale uh, Chris Jericho is your ultimate winner, so he and MJF win. Uh, he eliminated Sammy Guevara and Darius Martin last. I just want to say that starting the show with this instead of a 20-minute tag match, great idea. This was much more fun.
2: Yeah, I mean, we've complained that they do these battle royales to, to you know, uh, identify challengers instead of just, like, booking toward them. Uh, but it is, it's kind of I can't really complain about it because they're so good at booking these battle royales and they're so efficient in getting characters and 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 feuds and stories across um and they're just highly entertaining matches where guys get a bunch of shine uh and you advance a bunch of things at the same time Uh, it was great
3: my only complaint about this match was there were a lot of really cool moments that direction let down like, especially, like, the no water in the pool, the stalker at Chikawa dive from the top rope into no one. They missed that. And there was a couple of, there was, like, another sick elimination they missed. But, yeah, this is, if you're just going to go up there and do spots and people just, like, crash out of the ring in some of the more brutal ways possible, I'm here for it. And thank you for doing the choke slam from in the ring to the floor to, to, to stop that dork that was complaining about it. I'm, I'm, pr- I'm proud of that. I'm proud of that. This just- was a lot of fun.
2: I do think the, the direction was uh, a little off all night. Like, had a lot of a lot of spots where we just saw, like, you know, 80% of the frame was one guy's back. And it was like, can, can we get, please see clearly what's happening? Like,
1: yeah. Next, uh, Jade Cargo gets a hype video. She's working out, baby. She's in the gym. Uh, you know, just showing off uh, how strong she is. So, cool video.
2: Big star. Hope she can wrestle. Yeah.
1: It's
3: it, it's something that like she came across even more of a star that we thought she was.
1: You know, it was awesome. The AEW star making machine is uh, just in full effect, fully operational. Never lost, overheated, never maybe. lost, absolutely. Uh, okay, next up, our our weekly uh, segment: Darby and Sting in the ring with Tony Schiavone. Uh, Tony tells us Darby is actually going to be defending. The TNT title He's going to defend it next week against Joey Janela. Team Taz interrupts folks. Uh, They're outside. They haven't been led into the building because uh, they got fined for beating up some people last week. Uh, Poor Brian Cage uh, couldn't even, they took his shirt. They fined him so badly. Uh, He took the shirt off his back. Uh, They said they're going to be at the match next week. Uh, Ricky says, Sting, I don't think you're the icon anymore. You know, he's suggesting they might interfere in this match. They might get involved. Sting says, hey, I'm going to be there as well, and I'm going to make sure it's a one-on-one match. Uh, he says, Ricky, if you don't see the icon when you look in my eyes, maybe you need to take a closer look. So uh, we are led to believe that Sting and his bat somehow going to keep all of Team Taz out of the ring.
2: Well, he's got a bat, so. Yeah. I, I just was, I just ran this segment again. <laughs> I... It's like okay, they, they they understood the criticism. They they get the picture that we're tired of Sting and Darby taking the ring, and then Team Taz interrupt them. They've done it for a literal month in a row. They actually put them in, uh, you know, dilapidated church for one week instead, just to mix it up. And then they just went right back to it. Like, well, we tried literally nothing. Let's go back to what works, uh, or doesn't work. Um, but whatever, it's fine. Who cares?
1: After that, uh, a. The women's match very early this week in the first hour. And uh it was a barn burner, folks. Britt Baker defeated Thunder Rosa with the lockjaw. Uh there was a spot where a rebel exposed the turnbuckle and Britt did a drop toe hold of Rosa into it and then uh clapped the lockjaw on while she was knocked out.
2: Yeah, match kicked ass. Uh <laughs> it was really good. Uh Thunder Rosa um i think needs to take hot young briley uh, to her school and teach him how to lay shit in because she was just knocking the shit out of Britt baker the whole time Britt baker has added a bunch of like cool technical little go-behinds and roll-ups and uh, uh transitions into her repertoire like going from a pin into lock lockjaw and out of a crucifix into this and that uh and was just like you know showed us something so uh i'm glad that certainly nobody on this podcast said that she's been wrestling long enough that she is what she is uh that she'll never improve uh because she's actually always
1: been good i'm also glad about that
3: i mean they protected her a lot in this match y'all like let's look like a significant i like this match a whole lot i went three and three quarters on it uh But making, like, about four solid minutes of it being a walk and brawl, which worked really well. Like, I felt like that Rosa in control constantly brawling around ringside, making sure that she rolled in to broke the count. I counted at least five times that she did that in a row, that she constantly was brawling. And I feel like that this was a match that, if anything, really kind of convinced me that I think, with the exception of Riho, uh, Thunder Rosa is the best uh, women's wrestler they have on the roster. And... Cause I think that she's consistently been putting in great matches and it's something that if anything, I'm really excited about the potential of Thunder Rosa in this tournament and seeing the kind of matchups that we will get coming out of that, like Rosa versus uh Ty Conti. Like that's a match that if I had the pencil and I was doing that, that would be my first round match there because that rocked. And then the finishing stretch going into the lock jaw with all that was pretty inspired. And I felt like that it made a, uh, it made Thunder Rosa not look like an idiot as the Bay babyface who missed that. Instead, it was like machinations that got it. And I thought this was a really solid match and it built up on all the hype and they had a good video package beforehand. Like they did a good job of building this thing and it felt like that as a blow off for this feud, I'd call it a, just a, a full marks across the board a full
1: success. My theory is Brit is training with Rosa. Why not? It's no, good that's idea. good. Yeah.
3: And that it's like everyone should be in that roster, to be honest. Oh,
1: absolutely. But you can imagine like they're working together and then they're like, wait, can we get a feud out of this? Like, can we work on TV together? They get put together this match, they have a really good match. Like, no, it, I'm pro that. I just think that's probably what's been happening.
2: Yeah. Sure.
1: Uh, Matt Hardy and Adam Page are backstage with Tony. This is from last week. Uh, Matt is letting everyone know he has no ulterior motives. He's just known Page for a long time. They're good Carolina boys. Uh, Page, you know, he's a little put off. He says, hey, I I just want to dress in here. Nothing else. Um, Matt Hardy says, hey, it made me mad when uh, Serpentico and Dr. Luther ruined Brody Jr.'s birthday party. So why don't you join me for one time only to make things right with the Dark Order? And Adam Page says, sure, one time only. Uh, Led into this match, Matt Hardy and Adam Page defeating the Chaos Project. Uh, Matt Hardy got the pinfall after blind tagging in uh, after Page hit the Buckshot Lariat.
2: Yeah, I kind of, I kind of <laughs> really enjoyed this despite myself. Uh, I really thought Matt Hardy has nailed like the, the manipulative, manipulative speak that is necessary and did a good job, uh, uh sussing out, uh, you know, the, the reason for why this team was happening and why it makes sense in storyline, uh, and why Adam Page would agree to it, uh, and what Adam or what Matt Hardy gets out of it. That was all set up very efficiently. Uh, and then the match was quite good. You had, uh, there was a moment where <laughs> uh, Hangman Page like dodged out of a Luther dive off the apron and he did a a, a tumble from the apron onto the ground and took a big bump. Uh, and Page just kind of did a Jim Halpert stare to the camera. Uh, and it was like, hey, wow, that's novel. You can have somebody like engage with the camera in a charismatic way uh, and and like look cool that doing it that way. Like, you forget that, like, WWE, they would be like, no, you, you, you can't acknowledge the cameras. Also, you can't interact with the fans at the ringside. It's like you have to exist in this little bubble. This was back when crowds existed. Uh, and I just, like, appreciated that for a second. Like, wow, he can just, like, act like he's in a sporting competition and there's a camera there and do something charismatic to the camera. That's cool. Um, and then, yeah, Hardy, being the heel that he is, steals the pinfall again. So, yeah, I thought this was, you know, I, I, I'm... I think we're all kind of down on Matt Hardy being ubiquitous in in this promotion, but in a vacuum, pretty good, tidy little story segment for them.
1: We've literally done the thing with Adam page where somebody steals the, the pinfall at the end, blind tags in and and steals the pinfall. It was Adam fucking page before. So it's like, well, he's getting a taste of his
2: own medicine. Um, yeah, I don't, I, I kind of like the idea of everybody trying to get a piece of him still. And and this is, it, 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 it's not just that, oh, I have to go and find myself and learn how to be a solo guy away from the elite and like having obstacles to that in his way and tribulations and things that he has to overcome rather than just being like, oh, I'm, I'm just going to start winning matches now. Now he has to, I guess, get through Matt Hardy too. I think it's fine.
1: We see MJF and Chris Jericho celebrating their earlier win. Uh, Jericho, they go into that little room they're always in, Inner Circle's hanging out. Jericho says, yeah, we're all in this together. Sammy says he's not so sure. He leaves. Jericho runs after him. MJF wants to have a conversation with uh, the rest of the Inner Circle, asks Wardlow to close the door, kick the cameraman out.
3: So we we might finally be getting some some advancement in this storyline. Maybe, probably not. Probably we have another five weeks until Revolution. So who knows?
1: Hard to care. <laughs> <Honestly>. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm excited about the ultimate Sammy MJF match. I think that's going to mm-hmm. be fun. But other than that, I don't really care. Uh, the wedding happened, which we've discussed. We saw a Shack video from Inside the NBA saying he's going to wrestle in the match, and they announce it for March 3rd on Dynamite. So the match is official.
2: What did you think of uh, Shaq's signature maneuver, the Black Tornado?
1: It looked uh, strikingly similar to a little move I like to call the Judas Effect. So <laughs> hey. I'm a little worried about that. Hey, there's a second strike with the That's Black right. there's Tornado. Two,
2: there's two elements he okay, does, but the- he doesn't do this effect, and then he's like, uh, "Now I have to do something else," uh. and then I do it. I do it this way also.
1: And now he kind of flails. Really well, then I would tell him he should speak with uh, Cody's nemesis, Chris Jericho, and get some training because the Judas effect knocks people out in one shot. So mm. he shouldn't need a second strike. He's a lot bigger than Chris Jericho too, you know. So
2: I hope I hope he has Kenny or Ernie, like second him for the match. That'd be very funny <laughs> to me.
1: <laughs> I'm mean, not going to do it but Chuck's not
3: going Chuck doesn't care. Ernie out Charles. there would be a riot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was imagining Ernie out there with a rally towel trying to rally <laughs> the crowd up, up. It's interesting, uh of course the NBA All-Star competition has been announced for that Sunday that revolutions on it seems. So, made sense to do this on TV because Shaq of course is going to be Elena Atlanta for the All-Star game and I think that this is a smart move. I think that putting it this on tv hopefully you tape it and just in case and not have this thing go live without any editing i think that this is like a good uh plan for it and i thought that finally shack so showed some of his personality here and that was kind of good and he almost he almost uh killed kenny smith with a uh, with the plexiglass divider with the black tornado it's a very dangerous move aaron you, you really need to show it
1: some respect I, I loved him being like they have these place-of-glass dividers up, but then he just walked right over to Kenny Smith and was like, I was like okay, well, what what's the point of these dividers?" So that was kind of dumb. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Some people suggested that I heard wrong. I, I suppose, but I thought they had definitely announced this was going to be on Revolution. So I'm not sure if it's a, a change uh, because of NBA. I don't know, but I will say I think people are. I think it's much less likely anybody would have bought the pay per view to see Shaq in a match versus people will flip over to watch Shaq on TNT for free in this match. So I think it's probably a better business idea anyway to have him on TV.
3: Well, they get paid more from TV than they do on pay per view. So, I mean, there's also true. There's that as well. If this could be the thing that brings them back over a million viewers, then hey, that's a big uh, feather in your cap.
1: Oh, this, if this doesn't get over a million viewers, it's a, it's a, an L for aw lance archer defeated eddie kingston in their follow-up lumberjack match uh which did not stop people from getting involved by the way uh lance hit the blackout and got the uh the logical clean pinfall over eddie here
2: really fun clusterfuck they're they're good at these things you know it's similar to the battle royale book and that you get a lot of little pieces where it's like you just get you know just enough of Jack Evans to be like, oh yeah, Jack Evans. Oh, he's he's doing this with that guy. That's fun.
3: And we got Jacob Roberts laying out and Helico and taking a moment and like kind of patting Angelico and Helico and go like, hey kid, that went a lot better than I expected. I'm not dead.
1: Uh, we had FTR and Tully backstage. Uh, they're mad. They say that Jungle Boy ran to the principal and tattled on them, so they got suspended. Uh, and they're so mad about it that they abducted Marco Stunt for some reason. Yeah, <laughs> very weird. Fair. <laughs> it's fine. Whatever.
2: You know, Pet Pack uh, abducted Michael Nakazawa at some point. You know, abductions happen in wrestling.
3: Abductions happen, but we've had rulings about abductions on AEW. Well, they're AW. already suspended. So. Then should they be suspended for longer, suffer fines?
2: Sure. yeah, but, uh, you know, whatever, it's wrestling, don't care.
1: I don't care about anything involving FTR, so it's fine. Uh, Joey Janella has a pre-tape. He says that Darby and he have a long history of mangling themselves and each other. Uh, so next week, they're going to have a match where the stakes have never been so high. So Joey versus Darby next week.
2: Yeah, good to, good to get a little promo, just to put a little attention and heat on that.
3: I mean, Joey needs oh, anything to get him built up. So at least they found time for it.
2: Yeah. I mean, he's not going to win. Um, so, you know, it, it's not like a new direction for him or anything, but it's, it, it's kind of a fine spot for him. Like he gets to show his personality. They get to do some sick bump and, you know, remind you, oh, yeah, that's, here's the, here's that certain something about Joey Janelle that makes him engaging to people. Uh, and then, you know, you make Darby look good by beating him.
1: Then we got to the main event with Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers defeating John Moxley, Pac, and Ray Fenix. Gallows pinned Fenix after the magic killer. After the match, uh, Lance Archer attacked, cleared the ring. Uh, that left Mox and Omega alone in the ring. And uh, Mox got blindsided by Kenta. Uh, but the we go to dark with Kenny posing with his foot on Mox's chest. But Kenta appearing to give him a little side eye, disapproving perhaps of, of Moxley here. So planting a little seed.
2: Well, he was explicitly disapproving in the post-show Twitter video that they posted where Kenta was like, hey, brother, Omega was like, hey, brother Kenta, brother Switchblade didn't tell me you were going to be here. Uh, And Kenta just told him to shut the fuck up and said, I'm not your friend. (laughs) Uh, So pretty, pretty clear that uh, Kenta and the uh, Bullet Club Tokyo has no time for their imitation Bullet Club here. Uh, But the match uh, was a fucking joy. Uh, absolutely a blast. Um, I absolutely uh, love Doc Gallows. Now (laughs) he's my favorite wrestler. He's so good. (laughs) uh, (laughs) I I couldn't get enough of him feeding for Stu Grayson last week. Uh, And this week he was in there with Ray Phoenix. uh, And it was just a sight to behold. Uh, They should push him and he should win the TNT title. I think Uh, (laughs) Ray (laughs) Phoenix also just like the fucking best. Uh, He's going out there to get pinned in this match. And he's like, well, if I'm getting pinned in this match, then I'm going to fucking show everybody why I fucking kick ass. Uh, and, you know, that involves all those crazy bonker spots where he's, you know, diving directly into the guardrail and also like <laughs> doing moonsaults into uh, raising cutters off the mat. Uh, just genius stuff out of him. Um, this was, uh, you know, one of their best matches on TV in a long time, I think, uh, and got me fired up. The, the ending brought me down a little bit just in that. It's like, ah, oh, Bray Phoenix, of course, he has to get pinned here. Um, but, you know, couldn't be mad too long about it because then you got the exciting Kent angle. Now, one delete from this show is that you have a team consisting of the AEW World Champion and the Impact Tag Team Champions, and they enter first? Why are they should be entering second? He, they're, they're all the champions. There's three champions.
3: But heels enter first.
2: No, champions enter last. That's the rule. He'll enter first is WWE shit.
3: I mean, I guess,
1: but. Yeah, I mean, uh, cha- champion. I mean, certainly, I don't care about the Impact champions, but certainly your, your world champion. World come mm-hmm. out yeah. last. I, yeah, I agree. And,
3: and they did it right before
2: an ad break. It's like, hey, I, I know these guys are stars, but John Moxley, Pac, Ray Phoenix, also pretty big stars. You can have them come out. It, yeah, just, it, it reeked the WWE where it's like, oh, yeah, sure, CM Punk's a champion, but John Zena. He's the star, so he enters last. He's like, no, Kenny Omega should enter last.
3: I thought this match rocked. Uh, is Phoenix the wrestler of the year so far? At least through the first month, because he has just been on another plane. And I'm someone who's very high on Phoenix, but like him and Pack, great tag team work. That's something that I know, of course, you always gonna have Penta around, but that's a fun tag team that I would love to see more of. Uh, uh, John Moxley was wearing joggers which was great. Like he clearly was not wearing jeans. He was wearing sweatpants, which, Hey, it's cold out there. Respect to you for that. And then the hot tag that Phoenix made, because you, you brought up like his moon salt that he landed on. And then he did like a backhand spring cutter, but his hot tag. And y'all know how I feel about hot tags, big, hot, hot tag guy. When he came in on a springboard and looked like he got 15 <laughs> feet into the air. And you're just like, are you not like, Constrained by physics Like is there Laws of gravity Like the man who Gravity forgot Is your partner But like do you Not care about it either And it just rocked in Lance Arch Not Lance Archer Sorry uh, Doc Gallows Doing a whoopee cushion And landing on his balls And just having the Best sell ever Like Doc Gallows Can just be around forever Because for some reason For a guy who's Just kind of there He cracks me up Each time he's on screen uh, we love the Doc Gallows around here.
2: Well, I gotta say, uh, Doc Gallows and and Carl Anderson very clearly were like, we are getting in the best shape of our lives right now, and we're going to be able to go out there and work. And I don't know if, don't know if that was motivated by Impact. I'm inclined to say it's like, oh, we have a chance to be on real TV right now, uh, and we're going to take that chance by the balls.
1: Yeah, and maybe whenever our Impact deals up, we can get a deal with AEW, you know, and stick around there. I'm sure those guys are literally care about one thing i don't blame them at all and it's what's the biggest check we can get next time well
2: (laughs) the biggest check for the least amount of work yeah (laughs) exactly yeah respect
1: it couldn't relate to more yeah i don't real working class heroes if you think about it yes uh we had uh or we discussed this i think perhaps in a dm maybe in the discord today i don't really care about gallows pinning phoenix on its own it's just that it kind of represents to me that they don't see phoenix on the level that i do yeah. I'd like, mm-hmm. like them to see Phoenix as like a single star. And I yeah. don't think they see him that way.
2: Yeah. And I I am sad to say that. I think that's been the case for a while and we should have gotten that message already, but I'm still going to harp on it because he's, you know, one of the top talents in the world and can succeed at any level. They just have to like go with it.
1: <laughs> My promise to you, our listeners is I will never get the message. <laughs> I will always complain about things. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, uh, that's uh, dynamite for this week. If you want to, uh, if you like the show, you want to support our show, head over to Patreon.com/slash Everything Elite. We got three tiers uh, for your perusal. Uh, the middle tier, five dollar tier, gets you all the audio we've done, all the audio uh, that uh, we're gonna do uh, this week. Uh, a big, I mean, this has just got a huge reaction. I mean, everybody's been talking about it. Uh, Nate, SB, and I <laughs> broke down uh Pinks, the show <laughs> um you know i just everybody loved it
2: yeah i couldn't uh did not get enough positive messages or uh you know because my my inbox was overflowing yeah yeah
1: same uh so we did that we always do uh at least you know one show every week uh we also do a show called light where we break down uh, dark and we preview dynamite most importantly uh, <laughs> well, we, we kind of get around to that after we talk about you know my distrust of the
3: ocean our thought about higher academics you know yeah
2: if you don't listen to the patreon a lot of it is uh if you can't tell hey what do we want to talk about
3: <laughs> yes well i think well, figure... we, we cover we cover stuff on there let's be fair
1: i mean you can listen to aw talk anywhere right i figure people listen to our show because they like listening to us so here's some other shit we'd like to talk about uh mike i believe you're gonna you're gonna bring us some more content uh later this week right
3: yes i'm king content over here uh so <laughs> that's what I'm, we call I'm, I'm, yep that that's my name king content uh so uh i for the last month i've watched the go big show because i do watch a lot of trash tv uh, it, I've been watching mainly this and the UK's Love Island lately, and boy, those are some shows. And so, so, yeah, your old pals, go big show, good time, Jamboree will come back, and it's like 15 minutes of me talking about what I saw, who they should sign onto Dynamite. And then something that I've been meaning to do this week, but it's just been too busy, there's been too much stuff going on, and that I will have up sometime is I'm not going to go through fight forever the way I did with the collective and try to watch where I ended up watching nine out of the 12 shows. I'm going to be picking and choosing and I'll give my thoughts on the U S indie scene as seen through fight forever sometime this weekend.
1: Next week, our uh, Patreon show is, uh, our plan is that uh, Taylor Mainberg is going to join me for an in-depth primer on all the Japanese wrestlers who are going to be in the AW Women's Title Eliminator Tournament. So if there's some people you aren't that familiar with, this will be a great opportunity for you to learn more about them. Uh, And if you sign up, go join the Discord. Also, uh, this is going to be a big month. We got that. We'll have, I feel confident we'll do a, a look back at last year's Revolution at some point this month. Uh, and of course next month, you know, early on next month we'll be doing uh the revolution uh what's it called? Instant reaction. We record those right after live instant reaction. Oh wow. We we, we go live on these things. We've this done is, this twice now.
2: That's true. This is this is the first uh revolution that we're celebrating the anniversary of, correct?
1: Yes, yeah. I okay. think there's only been one revolution. We do we
2: gotta come up with some some sort of thematic game, uh, as we've done with our previous look back shows
3: revolve or evolve
2: revolve or evolve there's there's first for first out the gates
3: <laughs> Do, i'm not married to it obviously not married to it just putting it out there safe space just gonna.
2: right no, no no bad ideas everything goes on the board yep yep, um, yep. so yeah we got to come up with something for that okay you know com- comparing matches to to famous populist uprisings or something
1: <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say you asked if this is the only Revolution anniversary we celebrate. I was like, well, no. Ni- the 1917 Revolution also we celebrate. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, how about Yuka Sakazaki was on Revolution last year? That's right. Yeah, she faced Britt Baker, and Britt Baker tried to knock her teeth out. Right. Well, they did a they did a tag match. I don't want to say too much about it because uh, we'll of course be breaking it yeah. down yeah. in detail. Of course, yeah. On the Patreon. M- I apologize again. But yeah, we'll have to uh, we'll have to come up with something. Okay, that's what we're gonna do. Patreon.com slash everything elite. Uh please join us. Uh next week on Dynamite, here's what we know so far. Uh Darby Allen versus Joy Janela for the TNT title, a no disqualification, Falls County Anywhere match, uh Kenny Omega. I almost said Kenneth and Kenta versus uh John Moxie and Lance Archer. Kenneth
3: <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Uh, it apparently is not a lights out match. So this has been sanctioned.
1: I, I didn't notice in the tweet that Tony Khan had booked the match. So,
2: yeah, that was, so on, on, if you didn't see the video, Kenny suggested, Hey, Kenta doesn't work here. So you can't sanction a match. So let's make it a lights out match, uh, next week. Uh, and that of course would allow them to not reflect it on the AW win loss records, et cetera. But they appear to have gone away from that. Maybe they don't want to set the expectations of what the previous lights out match looked like in this company. And they didn't, uh, New Japan didn't want Kenta going into any uh, barbed wire, spider
3: webs, or anything. Glass, you know. I, I mean, you could do it in Duval County. Duval County will probably let you do a spider web and bare boards and glass shards if you want to. So, I mean, probably for the best. I mean, No Peace Underground has been wrestling in Florida and and ha- hasn't gotten locked down yet. So, you, you know, they could have probably—it's it, probably for the best that Kenta's not involved, just to be honest.
1: I was thinking about this. So, presumably. Uh, in the match that they've already taped, Kenta beats Moxley, right? So they get the U.S. title back in Japan.
2: That would be the safe presumption, uh, the less interesting option, I think, at this point. Because Moxley winning after all this buildup would be very funny.
1: It would be funny. Uh, But if we assume that Mox loses, do we think that Tony has negotiated for a New Japan wrestler to lose to an AEW wrestler?
2: Would make sense. Would compute... Like, hey, uh, we're going to have Archer pinned Kenta this week.
1: Right. Or even, you know, if there's going to do a singles match out of this. I mean, you uh, could build to a Kenny Omega Kenta match, by the way, if you wanted to.
3: Hey, why not? <laughs> why not? I couldn't agree more. The door is open now, Aaron. You could pretty much propose anything. I mean, we could... That's true. You could see what Nakanishi is doing at the tea farm. Maybe he wants to come <laughs> over to the States again. I mean, I, I would return love to have to a monster morning.
2: I would, I would yeah. like, uh, Azuka personally, just so we he can hear his, hear his theme song playing in daily place. That does. It is. It is if they did sanction it now because lights out, they could just get away with not really beating anybody. <laughs> like, Hey, no, mm-hmm. nobody yeah. has to lose here because it, it's a lights out match. It doesn't really count or whatever.
1: Well, I mean, you know, no DQ here. So I guess they can get away. maybe, Kenta is going to take the fall, but they get away from that somehow by, you know, he gets knocked out with something or what.
2: Are we are we live next week? I don't know. Do we know? Okay. Uh,
1: I believe we are taped.
3: The next the next uh, the next tickets I've seen on sale are on the seventeenth.
1: Good to know. The other match uh, that's already booked for next week: Chris Jericho and MJF versus the Acclaimed. I feel like they're really trying hard with this Acclaimed team.
2: I think the Acclaimed is good. That's why.
1: I'm not saying whether they're good or bad. I'm just saying I feel like AEW is really invested in the acclaim. I
2: think uh, Platinum Max Caster, a future superstar. Um, they got to get him that Tanahashi match. match. Uh, <laughs> didn't didn't have great punchlines on this uh, on no. this uh, most recent episode, but he certainly has the capacity for
1: star-making punchlines. Uh, big news. I got breaking news here for the people who will hear this in two days. B-b-b-b-b- breaking news <laughs> wwe has come to the terms on the release of steve cutler folks
2: T- steve Cutler. <laughs> <laughs> is brandon that the cutler?
1: of the yes. Cutler brothers brandon cutler's brother uh, Worked no, WWE? Uh, one of not the, the
3: forgotten sons my friend not the Uh-oh. problematic one or not as problematic as the problematic one yeah well, the I'm other,
2: sure other guy was like It was like outspokenly problematic, yeah. I actually thought for a brief second there you were going to announce that Vince died.
3: (laughs) (laughs) No, I I would have done that much differently. When I heard Steven, I thought you were going to say Steven Carino. I was like, okay, Mm. that's weird. That'd be fun. uh,
2: They they bring Steve Carino in just to do like a random bloodbath match on Dynamite.
3: (laughs) Just to do commentary, just talking about
1: super kicks that that time. Well, he's out. He's uh, coming to an impact zone near you. Really thought that was going to be more exciting news. Yeah,
3: uh, he's going to be a king of the Coliseum in MLW. I mean, or it's
1: going to make a deal. I thought the way I did it you know, made it clear that it was not going to be exciting. But sorry. How, do you, all feel, how do you all feel
3: about that uh, MLW has much better distribution than New Japan Pro Wrestling in the United States? Mm,
2: I think it's kind of fine because you can get away with saying... Roku is an upstart and it's a big brand. And they're trying to build something, so it's you know having New Japan there is like, oh, we think New Japan's important to getting an audience to the Roku channel. I think, I think that kind of makes it fine from New Japan's perspective. Aaron, I mean, no they, they, they just acquired the highly contested Quibi library, so it's like, oh, <laughs> they did. Roku is getting after it right now.
1: Um, i I think I think our buddy uh, Rich Kreich had the correct take which is that like it's fine but they shouldn't have hyped it up like it's not a thing to hype at up. all at uh, all like they but, should have been like hey we're now on roku right but it, it's a uh, fine thing i mean uh, it's kind of a- i don't I don't
3: think anybody thought that it was
2: going to be you know on what's even a channel
3: um i don't know b sports
2: yeah that that would i think hyping up b sports yeah, I don't know. I I don't think anybody really got uh uh unrealistic expectations from the hype, so I think it's probably better to to you know, uh, build that you have positive news than bury it, I guess.
1: Yeah, I just I don't know. I mean, to me like their US outreach has has had diminishing returns, so I don't know. But I mean, it it's better than not having anything, right? I would assume. So
2: yeah, I mean, Rogue Channel, very easy to get and access, so. Yeah, for sure.
1: Okay, uh, I think that's everything that we have to talk about, unless you all have anything else. Well, were we going to discuss what was going oh, to Oh, you're right, Nate, I'm sorry. We're, we're going to be changing. We're going to make a big change in uh, how this show, I'm, I'm going to hype this up. No, what we should do, Nate, is say like next week on the show, we're going to make a big announcement. And then we do it.
2: But it it will already happen by the time people hear it. (laughs)
1: Yes. We will be announcing
2: something that has already occurred.
1: Okay, It's the
3: AWA. It's (laughs) the AWA. We should exactly do it this way because this is exactly how they build up expectations.
1: Yeah, so here's the announcement, folks. Uh, Starting uh, next week with episode 111 of Everything Elite, we are going to be recording immediately after AEW Dynamite on Wednesday nights. Uh, hopefully this will get the show into your feed uh, much more quickly and, you know, much sooner after the show happened, after Dynamite happened, uh, than we've been able to get it to you recently by recording. We usually record on Thursday night, so we're going to be doing it about uh, 24 hours earlier. So that's going forward.
2: Yeah, hopefully we'll also get, uh, you know, vaguely sleep-deprived Aaron, so it'll be a loopier, weirder show in general.
1: Oh, it'll definitely be a weirder show. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Let's just get weird with it.
3: Okay, we're gonna do that, it. That—that's the only yep, comment I happening. have about
1: this. Yep, yep. So, yep.
3: Uh, that should probably make it that hopefully that Thursday morning you should get the show. so be more timely. And yeah, I got nothing else. Yes, ready to get those out
1: to you as soon as possible. So that's coming up. All right. Well, uh, make sure you find us on Twitter at everything AEW. I'm Aaron like the car. Nate's at Epitasis. Mike's at Fuji uh, Subscribe to the show. Give us a five star rating and review if you use the Apple Podcast app. Um, And make sure you head over to patreon.com slash everything elite and subscribe today for Mike, for Nate, I'm Aaron. We'll see you next week.